you you emphasize the the mission, the vision, the culture, and I think I think that you know any time that a practice can invest more energy. Granted, everyone's so busy right now, but it's so vital that we find that time to to reconnect the team together to get them really playing. You know, really caring about each other, caring about how the practice is doing, caring about the the patients and the clients, and and uh, and really staying on mission in spite of the the chaos. And you know when when things are slower, you know, there's more time to to spend kind of articulating that culture and everything. But but uh, you know, any tips on you know maybe if a practice it, it, maybe they didn't have the strongest culture coming into this. Maybe there is a little bit of you know passive aggression showing up on the front desk when someone you know feels like they're not they're not being treated as well as they could be, or they kind of feel like you know, adding that one more client is just like an imposition that they can't deal with. Any any advice for practice owners that maybe yeah, their culture wasn't so strong? Veterinarians and their um and their desire to be nice are quite often not very nice to the rest of the staff when we have some passive aggressive or some people who really do not fit our mission or our culture. Um, again, I just every time I hear someone say, "Oh, I'm too nice to do that," I'm thinking, "No, you're actually being not nice." By being nice to one person, you're being not nice to the other 10 to 30 or 40 employees that you have by allowing that person to stay in your practice. So might be a good time to clean house. Here's the thing is like uh, hiring right now is difficult, but there are a lot of people who are out of work right now and a lot of very capable people. So it may not be that you have, you know, technicians lining up that have, you know, five years of awesome skill available to them, but there are a lot of very sharp um, very capable individuals who want jobs. And um, my staff always understands we have to always be training because it's, I mean, we have a, a very low turnover, but I've just had to hire an additional seven people into my hospital just to manage the influx of the increase of business between 15 and 25% over the last um, six months. So I don't anticipate that it's going to stay that high forever. I'm sure things will correct at some point, but while it's going on, I'm hiring and training and actively participating in that. I've had so many Zooms with my staff. So I have team, individual teams. I had a meeting just for the new employees, a Zoom meeting just to go over the things that I normally spend uh, with each person individually, sit them down and have a conversation with them. But we hired so many at one time that I had to like do a Zoom and just share with them how important they are to us how important their training is to us, if they have any issues with the, the chain of command for them to come chat with us about whatever is going on, whether it's something personal in their own life, their schedule, or something they're having a hard time, you know, learning and they need help with it. Um, so, you know, I have a great manage, manage, manager in my hospital and other key employees who really help with this also. Um, but, you know, that's just, that's just part of it, you know. So it's just, it's Absolutely. a lot of challenges all at once. But you just take a little bit every day and you just keep doing the best and refocusing and paying attention to the next steps, next steps. And I always tell all veterans whenever I have a, a chance to speak to them that you have to take the time to plan because either you're going to make plans for what needs to go into your hospital and doing this on a daily and a weekly basis. I'm planning daily and weekly all the time in addition to monthly and further out. But either you run your hospital or it runs you and I much prefer to run my hospital. Dr. Nick, maybe you could just walk folks through um, yes. What what is the workflow? Because because the I mean as as uh, David had mentioned at the top of the webinar, there's just this the 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 process of curbside. Like I'm coming, I'm here. Okay, what's a, okay? Your your pet's done. I have a question. It, it's like insanity, and that's why it generates so many calls. So maybe you can walk us through the flow. 
Yeah, you assume there's a phone call for setting up an appointment. Then when they come in, um, we have it, we have 10 parking spaces. I do a lot of business with 10 parking spaces. So that in of itself is a challenge. We have 10 cones, 10 numbers on them. And we have a giant sign, two, three professional signs that were made that say text the word arrived to our phone number. And we clearly put out what our phone number is and we have it arrived. Text the word arrived. And then it prompts them to give us their name, their pet's name, the cone number, and the reason for their visit. So my front staff, we have, we call them the Zingle Gal and, or the, um, the uh, reconnaissance or the special ops person for the day or for the time, because there has to be someone who's the Zingle person all the time. And we have them facing the parking lot. And we, um, we are working on adjusting our cameras out there too, so we can actually visualize everything, but it just helps to watch the cars come into our lot. So the Zingle person is responsible for um, taking, um, taking the, the, the bot will tell us when this is prompted, They'll give you this information. Now you know who, who is in cone one and why they're here and what their name is and their pet's name. So my receptionist doesn't have to go through, oh, hey, how are you? What's going on? Oh, you know, I got a hangnail on my right foot. We've done any of those things. <laughs> I'll take it off. And we just know why they're here. And then we respond with a text back, say, so great. We'll have a technician out with you in a matter of two minutes. Um, and we have instructed people when we've called sometimes, but like, if there's any issues, please call us. You know, like we've told when well, my staff makes the original point, we say, if there's any issues, if you're not able to get through us right away, please call. If, if within a few minutes we haven't responded. And the reason we say that it's because there have been some mistakes with the clients. Um, and if we've had a few people that have been sitting out there, why would you sit out there for 30 minutes without letting us know? But it has happened. And then you get somebody really unhappy. So we have had a few things happen, but for the most part, we now know who's here, why they're here, or hey, I'm here just to pick up my, my medication. And then we say, great, we'll be right out to come one with your meds in two minutes. So, you know, the, that's how we use Zingle. Um, and then, you know, we, we do the curbside experience um, and the Zingle call kind of stays with us while the pet's there. And then um, the client may leave and come back later to pick up their pet or, you know, whatever we're deciding. And they go through the same process again, hey, it's me. I'm at cone four now and I'm here to pick up Fluffy who I dropped off earlier. Okay, great. Fluffy's all ready to go. And we're just texting this. So the texting itself probably takes, I would bet at least two minutes off every call because you know, the exchanges of humans have to have, and some humans have a lot more exchanges that have to go on just to say, I'm here with Fluffy as opposed to like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my mom can make a lot of words about nothing. And so, you know, if she were to show up, it would be like, oh my God, thank goodness we could text with my mom because so much quicker that way. So anyway, those are the yeah. things I just can't tell you how much helpful. When you think about the number of phone calls that have to go on with curbside right now, um, it, this is tremendously, tremendously helpful for us. That's awesome. And I consider the people in the veterinary hospitals really to be on the front lines because they've never closed as COVID um, initially hit. But I think it's just open, transparent communication um, you know, and, and keeping that in front of them, stressing the safety, the importance of it, the importance that if somebody doesn't feel safe, that they need to let somebody know about it, not forcing people to do anything they shouldn't be doing or don't feel comfortable doing, being very empathetic um, to the employees and try to understand, you know, that, you know, they're in a completely different world than the veterinary hospital owners um, are in. You know, they're completely different worlds um, financially, and uh, these people have to work. And it's just trying to keep that open line of communication, the empathy, compassion, and, and truly believing that it's important to the, to, not that it isn't, but truly communicating that it's important 
um, to the owner to let the employees know that, that they're going to do everything possible to keep them safe. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, communications between veterinarian and technicians, client communications being so important in the practice. You, you, you really, um, in our conversations leading up to this, um, kind of had a lot of really interesting things to say in, in how just communications between a veterinarian, their tech and staff can go so far to streamlining things and, um, you know, creating more efficiencies, you know, in the practice in a lot of ways. Can you, can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So um, making sure that you set expectations for your team is important. So, you know, I, I think communicating everything from and being very transparent about something like, for instance, if you know that you're going to be hospitalizing a case and um, maybe a veterinary technician is not comfortable or not able to set a catheter or, um, you know, maybe put you something as simple as putting a treatment plan together. When you're in that moment, you can easily get a little like PO'd because of the fact that you want them to be, it wanted to be done yesterday. But, you know, my big thing that I always say is like, okay, you know, you know, when we have a moment, make sure that we get trained, get you trained up on this because I would love to show you how to set a catheter for this dog too, because that way it'd be more useful. How awesome would that be? So you turn it into a positive, but making sure we communicate all the way through. And that involves especially talking to the pet parent and I know sometimes it may seem like we're over communicating things, but simple things as like when you have to do eye medications, is it the left eye, the right eye? I'll even draw like a get well card <laughs> and I'll put on there, you know, the left eye, I'm gonna put drops into the left eye three times a day. We'll even do certain things on certain two-way messaging apps so you could be like, hey, this is Dr. Crispin. I hope Fluffy feels better. It's the left eye that you just need to put that drop in three times a day. Let me just show you really quick. And I'll have the, the cat on the table and I'll do the first drop for them because again, we can't see them. So I'll have somebody videotape me or I'll do a selfie really quick and show them like, this is how it is. You just want to gently put your arm around them or hold their head up a little bit. And then one drop in the eye twice a day. And I hope to see you in three to four days. Make sure you schedule that today before you leave. That's just so much more personable, right? Oh and my gosh. I don't even know if people are realizing this is, this is a masterclass right now on, on client communication and on, on keeping clients. I bet I'm sure that you're, um, you know, the rate of clients that, that, you know, stick with their continuity program in your practice is just extremely, extremely high because of this level of personal communication. It's just so engaging, you know, yeah. it's going to keep people on schedule and coming back. I mean, seriously, take notes, everybody. Yeah. So here's another fun thing that we do too, that I would really recommend is, and these are just for your wellness appointments, for instance, because again, they may not be with you because of COVID. So, um, Go on Instagram, make sure your hospital has some sort of a social media account, but you have to have to boomerang your dogs or cat patients or whatever, exotics, whatever it is. And boomerang is just a cute little couple of seconds of them going forward and backwards, but it's always us like hanging the puppies and kissing them, making out with them. We love them so much because, you know, we, they, we send them a message and say, just so you know, this is what we're doing right now with your dog. <laughs> and we're all kissing him and loving him and everything. And they'll send out like, LOL, LMAO, this is so adorable. Thank you so much. Can I share this? So like you're just putting them at peace of mind, but you're also making them feel valued and give them that really special attention that they're, that everybody craves for with their fur babies, you know? So when you see it with like the team, that's all like hugging them and giving them kisses and everything. Um, it just goes the extra mile and it really, it doesn't cost you much. It doesn't cost you anything. The only thing it costs you is maybe 10 to 15 seconds of your time to do it. And then that's it. You know, um, let, let, let's, let me, let's talk through just a couple of the technical steps here to make this really actionable to people because I can't, being in marketing, I can't emphasize enough how much this sort of action solidifies 
um, the, the client relationship. When they see this sort of personalized, customized service, it makes them love you. But this is not, doesn't just make them love you. This is the sort of thing that they share with their friends that causes right. word of mouth marketing, that causes them to share it on their profiles that all their friends and family and neighbors see and they like it. And then their friends and family and neighbors like it. And you get these little, little mini viral pops. So, uh, you know, that's if you share it on social. So are you talking about actually posting that on Instagram and what, like tagging them? Or are you talking yeah. about, you know, texting so, it to them? What's the actual delivery to the client? When they get asked for their appointment, they also get asked, do you happen to have an Instagram handle? And would you mind sharing that? And nine times out of 10 people would say, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then also oh, we that on check-in. Yeah. On check-in. And then the other thing that I have the receptionist do is do you happen to have a couple friends that, because we're going to take a really cute photo, but we want to share it. So make sure. So do you have friends that you would like to be interested in? And so they'll give us the, the, the at symbol, you know, the, the tagging um, yeah. thing. So for instance, if it's a new dachshund puppy, we'll also tag them plus their friends. Like usually she's like, Oh my God, my mom's on Instagram. She's going to love this, you know? So, so we, we tag her and then you go to tagging, like the big, com the most popular ones. So like dachshunds of Instagram, you know, or then people that maybe she works with or whatever. It just happens to take a life of its own and you're creating a culture within your practice right there. And just yeah. like you said, they are sharing that left and right. They're, you know, making sure that they get it either emailed to them or sent. Sometimes they want the original file. So we're like, yeah, we don't mind. Like, we'll just email it to you. No big deal. What's your email address? But some certain apps, a two-way messaging, you could do that through it. And so that makes it easier too. So if I'm talking to you, for instance, I'll say, you know, what's your, um, you know, Instagram or your screen handle. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to send you a message or a picture of your fur baby. And meanwhile, it's like something really cute, like, hey, you know, <laughs> holding yeah. the baby, uh, give him a big hug. Um, and then, you know, we could give suggested. So you might want to like use these hashtags, mom, if you really want to get this like up and, and loaded. And I'm really big on TikTok. I think TikTok is where it's at too. So you ask them, are you on TikTok? And nine times out of them, they're like, yes. We, like, well, dogs of TikTok is a huge thing. We'd love to have you on there. And yeah. at the end of the year, what you do is you do like a holiday celebration and you put all the dogs that you use on TikTok and on Boomerang and you set it to video and boom, there's your holiday party with your clients right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a especially virtual party. Year. Virtual, uh, you know, definitely, especially this year. Right? Yeah, yeah. that's what you do. You're gonna, you can do it monthly if you wanted to. You could do... I think I was talking to you offline about like having a, a monthly or a weekly yappy hour with the pet parents. Yep. And it's certainly easy. You just post it on your social media and you say a Friday at five o'clock Eastern time, Dr. Christman is going to be hosting, you know, um, a yappy hour. Here's the zoom link that you're interested in. Um, we're going to give you a $10 gift card to anybody who has the cutest pet photo contest or the cutest costume. And then we'll do a scavenger hunt for five minutes. Who's the first one that can find their dog's water dish or bring it to the camera. Um, so really try to get them engaged and feel empowered because right now we have no, you know, dog walks. We have no live events that we could do with our fur babies. So why not make it fun where we could do like a yappy hour every Friday? Yeah. I mean, I, and I love that concept. I'm, I'm so glad you brought it, you brought it back up the virtual yappy hour. Um, walk through a little bit. What are, what are the steps that what, what's the network that you're hosting it on? How are you promoting it? You know, what, what are the specific things that you're using to kind of fill the time and to make it an entertaining yep. thing? You know, we, we need to lay it out in the simplest terms so people can execute on it. So they're not having to, of course, you can t put in the effort to reimagine and add your own stuff. But it's always easiest, I think, if you follow a blueprint to at least get started. So yeah. what if the ground works? 
all you do, you post it on Instagram or social, Facebook, your, your website is a big thing too. You post it also on your invoices that, you know, let's just say August 1st at five o'clock, Dr. Crispin is gonna be going live. Here is the Zoom link. If you're interested, please RSVP and let us know. The night before or the day before, excuse me, the, the day of, you have a receptionist that checks to see like who's RSVP'd or who signed up. So that way you know like who's gonna be in the room a little bit. And then you just open it up. And so, you know, you're there for like 20 to 30 minutes. Some may ask you questions is what it is. So they click on the link. You say, hello, everybody. Happy, happy hour. Let me see everybody's fur babies. And you make sure you give everybody screen time. So that way you can see them all. And what you're doing is they might even be new. They might even have. So there was one time where you can have a new cat parent. It's like, I just wanted to join because I heard that there's going to be like a feline Friday thing that we're having, you know. And so you know, you go around, tell everybody who you are. Tell me one fun thing. Why do you love her so much? What is it about Molly that you love about Molly? You know, and so you're building that emotion right there, you know, like, and then they'll like bring them up to the camera, you know, the camera, shake them a little bit, show them off or whatever. I think it's adorable. And you just have to like, just go gaga over it all. You know, you just got to eat it up. Listen, this is why we became veterinarians. We yeah. love them, you know, and I love it because it hones it back in. Sometimes you get so set in like, you know, you're so busy, you're in surgery, you're dealing with the technical things, making scientific decisions. But when you see this cuteness and then they come to the camera and they're like, oh my God, I just woke up, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny. And it also, it makes you more relatable. And so you as the host, for me, for instance, I bring my dogs to the camera too and show them, I'm a dog dad and a pet parent just like you out there. So, and then, you know, I try to do one little piece of education for that one. So just like, Hey guys, just make sure, you know, we're approaching the first of the month. I hope everybody has their flea and tick or heartworm preventative on. You don't talk about which one, but you just talk about the reason why, you know, like heartworm disease, you guys, mosquitoes are out there. It's hot out, you know, next week, you guys, heat stroke. What are some things that you guys can do to keep your dogs cool? So you try to have a little bit of a conversation about that. And then you try to reward some prizes to them too. So it could be like uh, an e-gift card. So the next time whoever comes in, you get a, a complimentary nail trim, ear cleaning, office visit, whatever you want it to be. But who has the cutest dog out there? We are going to do the cutest pet photo contest, like any of those kinds of things, just to get them engaged in the virtual space is what yeah. it is. Yeah, live polling. Hey, who, who can submit an answer to this? You're yes. watching the answers in the chat. Whoever submits yeah. the right answer to a pet health question, you just won yourself a this, you know. Right. Um, yeah. That's great stuff. I'll tell you, if you're if you are using Zoom, you did mention the Zoom platform. Um, a lot of people, you know, who are still a little bit newer to the Zoom platform may not realize when you go into whether you set up a meeting or a webinar, depending on how you have it set up, um, the meetings are included in their their lowest cost, you know, uh, uh, offering with Zoom. That when you get onto the, you know, when you set up the meeting within their platform, you can you can scroll down and there's a tab called live streaming, and you can use that so that when you when you go live. Um, you can have your, your Zoom meeting, in this case, a Yappy Hour, live streaming on Facebook, live streaming on YouTube. So you're hitting multiple platforms at the same time to, can, to build up that audience and get even more people involved, um, get it out in front of people. Um, so that's, I mean, that, what, a, what a great thing uh, to do. I think that's I didn't great. know that. I'm writing that down, actually. The one other thing that we do is we use Kahoot. You ever, you ever hear of Kahoot? It's a polling app. It's, a, it's, it's free to do. You can pay more if you want to go further. But when I teach at the college too, it's, um, it's, it's fun polling, but you can also put pictures in. So like name the breed, for instance, and who's the quickest to answer it. So it does its polling for you. Um, but Kahoot. 
Kahoot, like K-A-H-O-O-T. Okay. Yeah. Kahoot. <laughs> awesome. And, yeah, like I don't know who makes it or whatever, but it's like a fun little thing that you could do. And it texts them a message so you can use it from your phone as well as like your desktop. So you're using like multiple devices, you're getting the engagement, you hit A, B, C, or D, you know? So, um, you know, I, I think those are like fun things that you could do too. Yeah, absolutely.